Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build your network episode 33. Hey, I'm Jeff Brown from the Read to Lead podcast. And if you want to be a leader, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chapel. Hello, 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 and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you enjoy the show, then please, please open up iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and if you think we deserve it, tap on the reviews tab, select write a review, and leave us a five-star rating with a review that includes where you're from and one aspect of the show you love the most. Then go ahead and screenshot that review and send it on over to Travis at buildyournetwork.co along with your name, that's Travis at buildyournetwork.co, and I'll give you a shout out by name in a future episode and you'll be entered into a contest for $250 cash. 
And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Jeff Brown. Jeff, for nearly 30 years, has earned his living behind a microphone, first as an award-winning broadcaster and now as an award-nominated podcaster, consultant, and speaker. In 2013, Jeff launched the Read to Lead podcast, a three-time Best Business Podcast nominee featuring interviews with today's best business book authors, including Dr. Henry Cloud, Seth Godin, John Maxwell, Gary Vaynerchuk, Simon Sinek, Chris Brogan, Brian Tracy, Dan Miller, and over a hundred more. Jeff has leveraged his experience as a former on-air personality to not only forge a successful path for his own podcast, but to coach and mentor numerous other award-winning and nominated podcasters as well. Additionally, he has worked with several multi-million dollar businesses on the launch of their podcasts and has even consulted the U.S. government. In 2016, Jeff was even tapped by the largest university in Tennessee to begin teaching their brand new podcasting course. Jeff and his work have been featured in Inc., Entrepreneur, and HubSpot, the blogs of Seth Godin, Chris Brogan, Jeff Goins, and Social Media Explorer, as well as publications like the Nashville Business Journal, the Tennessean, and over 100 other blogs and podcasts. Jeff currently lives outside Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, Annie, and their three dachshunds. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. We're really excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro a little bit and then tell us more about yourself. Well, thanks for getting the dogs in there. They, 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 uh, they really appreciate that. Of course. That. Part of the family. Part of the family. <laughs> part, of, part of the family for sure. Uh, yeah, I do a lot in, in the podcasting space. As, as you know, in fact, I'm, I'm just in the process of uh, our planning stages of kicking off a, a small podcast-focused uh, mastermind uh, group of about 10 people that's going to launch in November. Um, and looking forward to that. It's going to involve uh, retreats and all that kind of things, which would be fun. Um, and you know, as you mentioned, I've, I've hosted the Read to Lead podcast uh, for a little over four years, and that's probably been, apart from marrying my wife, the single smartest decision I ever made uh, because it has um, allowed me to do so many of the things that I do uh, today, uh, not only uh, coaching others in the podcast space, uh, but as we'll get into, I'm sure, uh, networking with some pretty amazing people uh, yeah. and allowing me to, to earn a, you know, a decent living. Yeah. When you say smartest decision, that was an interesting word choice to me. Can you kind of expound on what you mean by the smartest decision that you've ever made? Yeah. At, at around the time I launched my show, um, I was laid off uh, from my last uh, radio job. I had already begun planning the podcast and actually had begun working out sort of uh, with my wife on an exit plan where I worked. Now, my, my, my uh, employer didn't know that. Uh, but about six months before I was uh, planning to leave, I got uh, let go as part of a sort of a downsizing phase. There were a few of us that got the ax that day. And I was so thankful when that happened that I had already begun plans for starting a podcast uh, initially just because I needed something to occupy <laughs> my, my time. And I'm glad I, I had that. Uh, when, I, when I started putting the ideas for the podcast together, I didn't necessarily have a plan to monetize it in any way. Um, but it became uh, sort of the smartest thing I ever did for a couple of reasons. One is it allowed me to put myself out there far beyond what my radio job allowed me to do just in, you know, across the globe uh, with the way podcasting you know, allows you to, to, to really reach anybody just about anywhere. Um, so there was that, and I was able to, to share. Uh, and, 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 uh, uh, this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. 
we are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. On a regular basis, my my own thought leadership on, on a pretty large uh, platform. And, you know, I got to, as Seth Godin says, I, I uh, instead of waiting to be picked, I picked myself. And so uh, that sort of put me on the map in a lot of ways um, uh, in, in the leadership space specifically. Uh, and then it allowed me to begin networking with some people that I, I don't think I would have otherwise had the chance to network with. And so... Um, here, four years removed from that, four plus years removed from that, um, I can't imagine that I would be able to be doing the things I'm doing today were it not for the podcast. Um, so, so I, I can't imagine what life would look like. Yeah. And for for those out there listening that um, they enjoy podcasts as far as listening to them and stuff like that, what would you? Uh, how would you explain to them? you know, why you chose podcasting as a medium? Was it just because you had a big background in radio or what, what did you see? Cause this is at back in a time, uh, what, 2012, 2013 is when you started. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Which is when there weren't a lot of podcasts and there weren't a lot of people listening to podcasts. What, what made you choose that platform? Well, part of it was, um, as you hinted, um, it was a good fit for me having come from, from radio and I had had ideas to, uh, or thoughts about starting a podcast several years before I actually launched one. And I had trouble kind of landing on, you know, what I would do a podcast about. I was like, what what would people come to me for? What would people listen to me for? Um, uh, but, but beyond uh, that, uh, I, I find the, the medium radio and podcasting, both uh, audio on demand, if you will, uh, in regard to podcasting to be very intimate um, I, I don't know that there is a more intimate form uh, our content can take than when we create audio uh, content. And so 
I, I've, that's what drew me to radio uh, all those years ago. And I, I think when leveraged well, when leveraged properly, uh, it's one of the fastest ways to build an audience and one of the fastest ways to build trust with that audience. And so um, that that made a lot of sense to me, um, again, having the radio experience. And so I have found that to be true. As I started a podcast, I was able to grow an audience relatively quickly and and then build trust for that audience, uh, you know, to the point where I, I could offer, you know, products or courses or services or um, what have you to that audience uh, who had go- grown to to trust me and my recommendations, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and that, that leads perfectly into what I kind of want to talk about next, which is uh, when I tell people that I've started a podcast, that I run a podcast, and I start talking about um, some of the podcasters that I follow that are you know making a good amount of money off of it, the question I always get is, how do you make money off a podcast? Aren't they free? <laughs> um, and uh, so this is what you've <laughs> been doing full time for the past few years. Is that right? That's right. Can yeah, you yeah. kind of talk about a couple different ways that you have been able to monetize uh, building and growing a podcast? Yeah. Uh, one of the most natural ways for me in the beginning to do that uh, was through advertising, through sponsorships of the show coming from radio again. That That's something that uh, was very you know uh, comfortable to me. Now, a lot of folks, a lot of podcasters come to the space and decide, well, you know what? I, I don't want to. I don't want to make my audience the the product and 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 the, the advertisers uh, the customer. <laughs> I want my my listeners to be the customer, uh, but I, I don't necessarily believe that that you have to um, uh, forego one for the other, or that you have to minimize or, or marginalize one for the other. I think it's possible to have a podcast where you have sponsors, where you have advertisements, and still come to your audience and say, I have things I think you may want to consider spending money on. I think it's possible for both of those to exist. They don't have to be mutually exclusive if, if done, if done right. And so in the early stages, um, I did again, the natural thing, and that was to, to reach out to potential sponsors and folks who might want to align themselves with the kind of content I was creating in part because for me and my background, that was the easiest and fastest way to begin earning money. And my goal in the, in the beginning stages was just to earn back what I was spending. Right. Right. And just, just to break even. But then as that grew, I began to take a step back and do things like surveys and, and things of that nature, asking my audience, you know, what can I do for you? What problems do you have that I can come in and help, help solve? And now taking that into other ways as far as like me- and mentoring. And for those of you listening that don't know, Jeff was my mentor and uh, we worked one-on-one together for uh, three or four months leading up to the launch of, of Build Your Network. And he was helping me every step of the way, um, which is just another way that he's been able to monetize and grow an actual business based on podcasting. And there's I don't know, 400,000 podcasts out there now, but um, I, I don't know what the real number is, but I would, I would probably say um, less than 5% of those people can actually make a living doing podcasting full-time. And uh, Jeff has been able to do that, and I have tremendous respect for him for that. Um, Jeff, we talked a little bit on this earlier, and we're going to kind of dive into it now. This is obviously Build Your Network, which uh, you know all too well, the theme of, <laughs> of the show, um, which is networking, helping people grow their inner circle. Um, you, we were talking a little bit about this. How has having a podcast enabled you to grow your inner circle personally? 
Well, you know, it's it's been really amazing when when I launched a podcast and I think interview based podcasts are, are a little more helpful in this regard than some other kind of podcast you might do for the obvious reason that that you're interviewing people and, and making connections that way. People who who uh, otherwise wouldn't be in a position to give you 30 minutes will will give you 30 minutes, uh, whether that be, you know, some of those names you mentioned that I've interviewed at the outset of the show or. Yeah, I didn't recognize any of those. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who those people <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk, who's that? Yeah. John Maxwell, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if I were to, you know, call up their offices and say, hey, I'm going to be in town. Uh, can I take you to lunch or do you have 30 minutes to spare? The, the, the answer is probably not going to be yes. But when you have a podcast, that that changes things because now you have a platform and you have a group of people who trust you and like you that you're giving them an opportunity to get in front of. And so it's allowing them to leverage their time a lot more effectively, a lot more uh, smart, smarter. I started to say smartly, but smartly is not a word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot, a lot smarter than than if it's just you and them. And so. Right. Um, and, and that's something in the early going. I didn't really think all that much about. I didn't think of podcasting as, as a as a networking tool necessarily. Right. Uh, but I, I can see how it's it's really um, worked effectively uh, in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Just from doing it consistently and attempting to to do it well and to try to be better each episode out than I was uh, the last time, I have found draws people to me. Um, I, mm. I think there's a lot to be said for excellence with consistency. Uh, and uh, it goes back to the old, um, I think it was the Steve Martin quote in his book, Born Standing Up. He says, be so good they can't ignore you. Mm. And so I've tried to do what I do with excellence and and do it consistently. And I think by doing that, you end up getting noticed by other influencers who recommend you and who can um, uh, you know say good things about you. And um, as you do that, more and more people become to believe that you're somebody they should follow and, and should be paying attention to. Yeah, and so important. And that, that was actually something that I didn't really think was going to happen for me either. Even though my entire podcast is about networking and building relationships, it wasn't something that I initially was thinking um, would help grow my inner circle tremendously. But looking back, even these just past three or four months interviewing a lot of people, it definitely has. And like you said, um, I, I wasn't even asking for some of these influencers. I wasn't even asking for, uh, you know, a, an hour lunch or anything like that. I, I would come in with a very, very soft ask. Um, like, hey, can I get three or four minutes of your time just on a quick phone call? And uh, the I, I would I would literally get a no back to that, and then <laughs> um, and then I would say something about my podcast or um, one of them. Uh, Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI, CNN calls him the father of modern networking. So he's obviously mm. a pretty great fit for an interview on my show. Mm. Um, he. He was one I reached out to, and he was like, you know, I don't have a lot of time. Um, if you if you have a question that you want to ask, you can you can just you know type it in this email, and and I'll be happy to to give you a decent response if I can. So I just sent him a quick question because he didn't have time to get on the phone. And then after I sent him that question, he goes, you know, that's a really deep question. Um, it's difficult to answer in just a small email. And then he saw my email signature that said I was the founder and host of Build Your Network. And uh, he offered at that point to come on the show. <laughs> so he says, no, you know, two to three minutes of, of dead space time, he doesn't have time for in his schedule. But a 45-minute interview recorded on a podcast to put out to the world is something that was uh, important enough to put on his schedule. And mm-hmm. so that was a, a side effect that I was definitely uh, not not really expecting <laughs> um, coming, coming into this. Um, 
sorry, were you going to say something? I, I would, yeah, you know, the same can be said for the listener too. I have found that that more and more people's attention spans are shrinking. You know, a hundred years ago, they were uh, attention spans were about twenty minutes. Today, it's about seven seconds. We're we're on par with goldfish nowadays, uh, and so it, people are hard pressed to watch your three minute video or read your blog post. It's going to take five minutes, but on the on the other side of that, they'll give you thirty or forty five minutes listening to your podcast because they can do it while doing something else, which mm. they can't do with those other things. So true. I don't know how many times I have, I just have podcasts playing in the background as <laughs> I go throughout doing, and, and, and I don't give it my full attention all the time, but it's sometimes you have some things that you just pick up on either consciously or subconsciously. If you mm. have good content constantly playing in the background of whatever you're doing. So right. um, Jeff, tell us about a time when a connection in your life led to a big moment of success for you. Mm, mm, good question. Um, um, I would say, uh, I'll give you a really, really recent example. Um, and it was a connection with a publicist that um, uh, introduced me to Alan Alda, uh, the, mm. the actor, a uh, guy from MASH. Yeah. Um, he's about 81 years old now, but uh, just came out with his third book in June, all about um, relating and communicating, which is a good fit for, for my show. Um, and this uh, publicist had sent me uh, other authors in the past and, uh, you know, never somebody whose name you would instantly recognize, but she was always good about making sure she only troubled me with authors and books that she felt would be a great fit. And I treated her just like I would anybody else. Uh, I didn't treat her any differently because she was sending people whose names most of us didn't know. You know, I treated her with respect. I, I was thankful. I didn't say yes to every interview, but said, said yes to some. Mm -hmm. Little did I know this same person, this inconspicuous individual, would someday email me and offer me Alan Alda. Yeah. Uh, and so you, know, you just never know um, who is known by the people you know and how, how – uh, you know, we talk about, you know, degrees of separation. I didn't realize I was just one degree of separation away from or two degrees of separation away from Alan Alda. Right. Uh, and probably the single most recognizable name I've ever had on my show. Someone who I've been a fan of since I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and it, it was because I developed relationships, uh, not because of what I thought I could get out of them. But because I thought they were relationships that warranted developing. And so hmm. um, that little relationship that I didn't think would amount to anything other than occasional interviews uh, allowed me to, to, to meet somebody who, who is, you know, again, uh, most recognizable on my show and also who has been generous about sharing about the show. And um, I've probably had more shares of that specific episode than any other episode I've done in the last four years. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And I like that one thing that you said in there about um, develop, developing relationships without really expecting anything in return, just mm -hmm. for the sake of developing a relationship. And that's that that right there is exactly the theme of this entire show, Jeff, which you know <laughs> is um, is giving more of yourself than you're expecting to get from something or somebody or whatever, whatever mm. relationship you're looking at. Yeah. Um, so that was very, very important to bring that up. Um, with 
with this being such an important part of life with networking and meeting people, building relationships, um, growing your circle, with that being such an important aspect of a professional career, why is it do you think, Jeff, that so many people fail at making this a priority? Well, I, I, th- I think networking um, oftentimes um, has negative connotations associated mm-hmm. with it. We all think of those networking events, you mm-hmm. know, where uh, I tend to be a wallflower on <laughs> those yeah. events and have trouble, you know, getting out of my comfort zone. And, mm. you know, and, and, and you always run into people at those events who are, you know, shoving their business card in your face. And it's, you know, what can I get out of this? And, and, and you start a conversation and for 20 minutes, it's all about them yep. and they haven't taken a, you know, and so I think we've all experienced that. And, and, and I think a lot of us believe uh, erroneously that, that that's all networking is ever going to be because we've had so many bad right. examples of it. Right. And the, yeah, networking Ned, that's what I call him. The, the <laughs> guy that shows up to the conference with 20,000 business cards in his back pocket, always hot off the press because he ran out <laughs> at the last conference <laughs> of the previous right. batch. So um, yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Um, and it's crazy to me, even even being at, um, so so I'll give you an example this past podcast movement, I was working John Lee Dumas's booth for him, trying to sell some freedom and mastery journals just as a way mm. to try to give back to him for all the value he's added to my life. Mm. And uh, even working a booth at a conference, I like so I'm in a I'm in a spot where you paid to be a vendor to sell your product to people at the event, and I mm. still had people coming up to me, being networking Ned, throwing a business card <laughs> in my face, telling me all about what they do, and then leaving before I had a chance to explain <laughs> about the paid sponsorship that we had at a booth. Like that was incredible <laughs> to me that uh, that wow. still took place in that situation. But um, it's it's so true. I think uh, I think a lot of people don't do it because of the fear of being that person. And, uh, and so obviously that's not the right way to go about doing it. And both extremes are bad. If you don't do it at all, it's bad. If you go crazy Mm -hmm. and be networking net, it's bad. What is the, what, what, what's in the middle, Jeff, how, how do we, how do we meet that in the middle and right in that sweet spot where we're actually building genuine connections with other people? Well, yeah, I, I, I think you, you hit on the key word, genuine. I use words like altruistic. Um, for me, um, when social media has been so helpful in this regard, what I try to do is something I learned from Chris Brogan, uh, a guy I have a lot of respect for years ago, probably 10 years ago now, when I first learned this from him. And, and as social media was just sort of coming up 10 years ago, I try to be intentional about promoting other people's stuff just by nature without them asking when I see they've got something going on, they're sharing it on social media. I just, I'm quick to go in and retweet something or share something on Facebook or comment or like, or do anything I can. That's going to help that thing that they're working on or promoting, get seen by more people again, without expecting anything in return. Um, and, and I find that when, I, and I did that, pretty consistently, you know, uh, late last decade leading up to the launch of my, my own big deal, my own podcast, again, not doing it because I knew I was going to launch a podcast. I literally didn't realize until three or four months before launch that that's something I was going to do. But what I found Travis was when I did launch my podcast and I began reaching out to people about helping me get the word out that people, it was like a line formed 
it was like, absolutely, we'll help you with this. And, and other people who, like I was doing, did it without my asking. And, and then virtually everybody I did ask said yes and, and did so generously. And I think a lot of that had to do with my altruistic behavior leading up to that, where I just you know, shared other people's stuff 10 times as much as I shared my own. So if I still tried to do that today, I'm probably not as good about it as I, as I used to be. But I try to do it at least a few times a day every day on for me, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook primarily. Yeah. Being a proponent of other people's work is a very, very practical takeaway from that. Um, and I found the same exact thing to be true. And, and I know you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, but uh, there's been so many uh, connections I've been able to cultivate. And I found the same thing when I launched my podcast, the people that I reached out to um, were people that I had helped push their stuff in the past and mm. so, it, like you said, it was like a line, you know, people were very, very, very supportive um, coming into uh, the launch of the podcast just because, you know, a year and a half ago when they had this contest they were trying to win, I went and helped them, you know, I voted the five times, Matt, you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever, whatever right. it might be, if you just, if you're all, if you're constantly looking for opportunities to help other people grow and push and, pro, and, and push their stuff and be a proponent of what they have um mm then uh, then it'll always it'll always come back to you and 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 I think that's the key though is is not really thinking about how that's going to happen just doing it and um and doing it for the sake of building that genuine connection with somebody else mm. uh Jeff is there a place that you go either online or in person um to specifically cultivate relationships mm. yeah for me uh, one of the the places I enjoy doing that the most is a, is a place that's constantly changing. And, and that is conferences. You know, I mentioned networking events and have, having struggled with, with some of those in the past. But when I go to conferences, whether that be like you mentioned, podcast movement or the tribe conference that I recently attended, another conference, New Media Summit uh, that I went to in San Diego a couple of weeks ago, I find that I spend um, a lot more time in the last few years at conferences in the hallways during sessions than I do in mm. the actual sessions. Yeah. Uh, and at networking events, typically what I find in, in the past, I end up being in a room with a whole bunch of people who don't understand what I do and aren't interested in what I do and don't understand how what I do might fit with what they do and vice versa. But at conferences, you're, you're at a place with a bunch of oftentimes like-minded people. Obviously, at a podcast conference like the, like the one you mentioned, everybody gets what you do, you know, and everybody is trying to help everybody else. It's one of the things I love about podcasting is I find it to be a very generous lot. Um, and and I, don't see, I didn't see that in the radio industry at all. And so for that to be the case here, I found to be really, really cool. And so various conferences for me is one of those places where um, I get to exercise uh, th that opportunity to, to, to meet with other people. Um, and, and probably uh, more so than any, any other um, way I can think of, at least face-to-face. Uh, in -face. Uh, there are other ways, you know, uh, online via uh, a mastermind group, say a virtual mastermind group, for example – or something along those lines, um, where uh, a group of people you really trust, people who have your best interests in mind, people who want to see you succeed and want to give you the tools to help you succeed and you them coming together on a weekly or, or monthly basis, whatever it is, uh, that's another favorite way of mine. Um, and then finally, um, I have uh, for about 15 years now 
Um, we've, we haven't met in a few weeks because his job situation has changed, but um, uh, I have met with one other gentleman every single or virtually every week for the last 15 years um, as sort of an accountability partner. Um, and so for him and I, it's less about, about networking, uh, but more about just uh, uh, challenging each other uh, and keeping each other accountable to who we say we are and who we say we're going to be and, you know, to, to other people, to our, to our spouses, kind of husbands, dads, and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and that has been as meaningful a relationship as any of I've, I've, I've ever had. Introvert or extrovert, Jeff, which one, which one would you categorize yourself? <laughs> you know, last time I asked, uh, answered that question, I, I admitted that I feel like uh, depending on the scenario, I can be Either or. Mm. I don't know if that's the <laughs> that's the answer you were looking for, but I feel like I'm a little of both. What Ivan Meisner called it was a situational extrovert, which would be what I would say. Mm. Uh, I think that's just another word for actually being an introvert, <laughs> um, <laughs> but not really not really saying that you are because people would be like, "What? Well, you're not an introvert. I've seen you yeah. speak before, you know, and it's that's like, well, <laughs> well, you know, I don't really because because I, I found myself being the same way as far as and it's really ironic that I run a podcast on networking. But when mm. I go to these big conferences, I, I'm not the guy that's running up to every single little circle and group of people barging into the conversation and introducing mm. myself. Um, I tend to stick to, um, to myself and, um, and mm. I, I try to, I try to push myself to come out of my comfort zone, but most of the time I prefer, um, just being by myself and, and getting into, you know, my phone and talking to people that I know already, mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that for fellow situational extroverts slash really <laughs> introverts out there, uh, what would be one tip that you would have for them? Well, you handed at it, I think. I would say it's um, look at opportunities to uh, get outside your comfort zone a little more often. One of the things that gets me outside my comfort zone, as funny as this might sound, I, I have little trouble getting up in front of a room full of hundreds of people and talking if I need to. I, I, have, I have addressed a crowd as large as about sixteen or 17,000 people without batting an eye. That's not a big deal to me. Um, but put me in a room with 30 or 40 other people or 10 people or set me around a conference table with seven or eight people and they're all staring at me and it's a real intimate set, uh, setting, so to speak. I struggle with that for some reason. Um, and so I have looked for, in fact, I've got one coming up in a couple of weeks, looked for opportunities that, that directly put me in those kinds of situations uh, in part because I know it's something I need to work on. Um, it, it takes me out, outside my comfort zone and I know that good things are going to come. Anytime you're, you're, you're living a content life uh, that involves you being in your comfort zone every single day of the week, you're not growing, you're not going to do anything amazing. You have to be willing to push yourself outside your comfort zone and only then. Uh, you know, it's like where the magic happens. You've seen that Venn diagram that shows, uh, mm -hmm. you know, one circles, uh, uh, the comfort zone. And then the circle way over here, uh, is where the magic happens and the two aren't overlapping. They're not. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, best things happen outside your comfort zone. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. One thing I would like to add to that is if you are an introvert, don't feel like you have to be the guy that's 
going out, talking to everybody and be the extrovert. Mm-hmm. You know, you still, I think your personality is your personality for a reason and play to yeah. your strengths, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and realize maybe sometimes you need to go recharge if you're at a conference and just go grab a cup of coffee by yourself for 20, 30 minutes and just, and, uh, you know, catch up on the things that you want to catch up on, sit there by yourself, be by yourself, recharge, and then get back out and go make it happen. Don't pretend mm-hmm. like you have to be the, the guy that's the extrovert at the event. If you're an introvert, play to your strengths and, um, and, uh, recharge and then get back out there and, uh, and get outside of your comfort zone, get uncomfortable. Um, Jeff, I, I think I know the answer to this question, um, but I'm going to ask anyway, because I, I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into it throughout your career. How crucial have mentorships and masterminds been for your success? Uh, very, um, a mastermind that I that just wrapped up that I had been a part of for about four years, right, right before the time that I, I was laid off from that last radio job, um, was crucial in my journey these last uh, four years. It was just three of us. Uh, the other two gentlemen I was in it with are both in Florida. I'm in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, but they pushed me to do some things I didn't think I was ready to do or I, I didn't wasn't sure I should do. Uh, podcast coaching was one of those one of those things. Hmm. Um, they were pushing me to do that. It, that's not why I started a podcast. That's not why I got into this. It was to coach other people. But they were suggesting that that's something I consider, that that's something I would be good at, that that's something I could help people with. Um, and bring experiences to that other folks in the space weren't able to bring. And it wasn't until, I mean, they, they had been doing that for a few weeks and months, but it wasn't until I had the listeners to my show emailing me behind them and saying, Hey, if, if you offered this, I would, I would jump in line that I really started going, Oh, well maybe, maybe my mastermind guys are right. Maybe that is something that I should, yeah, yeah. I should be thinking about. And, and, and then there were other things where, you know, different uh, people I reached out to, uh, uh, at various times, uh, and, and, um, relationships or, or ideas I had, uh, that I wanted to present to people, uh, that were further down the path than what I was. I wouldn't have, I don't think, had the courage to reach out and make some of those suggestions had the folks in my mastermind group been pushing me to do that. And sure enough, as they pushed me to think, do things I wasn't comfortable doing, every single time, the answer was yes. <laughs> there was mm, never, yeah, yeah. Uh, not that there won't sometime be a no, but in my case, I found that, that I, was just, I was just making it harder than it needed to be, but it was those other people around me that helped me realize that and again, do things that left to my own devices, I probably would not have attempted. Yeah. Well, so much awesome, awesome stuff today, Jeff. We're going to go ahead and move into something that I like to call the random round, which is just a few really quick random questions with some quick mm-hmm. random answers. You ready? I'm ready. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Uh rock and roll singer (laughs) (laughs) if you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour who would it be and why uh jesus pretty self-explanatory on the why as well (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you didn't i I didn't answer why don't don't gotta explain that one yeah (laughs) how do you like to learn best books blogs or podcasts um can I pick two? Sure. <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, books and, and podcasts. Uh, probably books would be number one and okay. then podcast number two. All right. Give me one book and one podcast that uh, the audience should check out. 
Um, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Dave Miller's, Dave Miller, Dan Miller's podcast called The 48 Days uh, Radio Show. Uh, he's great with helping folks kind of discover, you know, career transition, changes, all that kind of stuff. Um, and also, I would say Ray Edwards, uh, the Ray Edwards show uh, is another great show. He's His specialty is online marketing and copywriting. Uh, but a, but a well produced, uh, well put together show. Uh, his show more than any that I can think of um, does a really good job of delivering what he promises. You said short answers. I'm sorry. There you go. Uh, and as far, as far as the books go, uh, read anything by Seth Godin or John Maxwell, and and you'll be in good shape. <laughs> Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Oh, it's recently gone through a transition. Uh, I can actually pull up for you, and I'll try to give you just a glimpse because that's what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have it all written out. Drink a large glass of water, drink coffee, uh, read, pray, journal, uh, review my goals, finalize my daily big three for the day, exercise, and brush my teeth. (laughs) That's an important last step there, Jeff. We appreciate that. (laughs) What is your go-to pump-up song? Ooh. You know, lately it has been uh, Sheryl Crow, uh, If It Makes You Happy, and ELO's Mr. Blue Sky. (laughs) What are you not very good at? Putting business aside, just Mm. something that you've tried once that you were like, man, I'm no good at this. Uh, gosh, I wish I was more consistent with writing thank you notes. Um, I cannot stress how important that is in what we do in our line of work, in any line of work, really. And I am just not very intentional about letting people know through something personal like a thank you note how much I appreciate them. All right. As we get everything wrapped up here, Jeff, what is one place where we'll be able to find you the most? <laughs> uh, the best place to find me is Read to Lead Podcast. Readtoleadpodcast.com for all things Jeff Brown. Highly recommend (laughs) checking it out and definitely recommend uh, listening to the podcast. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Had a lot of fun with you. Thank you for asking me, Travis. I really appreciate it. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.